Ready? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, we're back. Welcome back, everyone, to episode nine of the Playing Dirty podcast. I'm Katie. I'm Megan. Thanks for tuning in again. If you are new here, this is a sports culture podcast. We talk about recent events in the sporting world um, and honestly, everything under the sun. Um, this episode, we actually have a lot to cover. We might be jumping around a bit. I know we've taken a couple weeks off, mostly my fault, um, but uh, happy to be back here. Do you want to tell us about uh, your camping adventure before we start? Yeah, it was quite the adventure. We were in um, northern Montana, and one exciting feature of it was we happened to purchase a campsite off of this like independent camping website called Hip Camp. Yeah. And this this particular, I know I told you a little bit about it, but this particular campsite, we got to stay in a retired Airstream. So like those metal RVs from like the 60s or the 70s. So this couple, this older couple, had just like planted it in their backyard. Honestly, their backyard was like the wilderness. It was the field, it, like a giant field. Think of like forest, whatever. And the first night we got into the Airstream, well, first of all, when we walked into it in the daylight, there was like spiders everywhere and like bugs and there was like a mouse trap. And it looked like they hadn't really like cleaned it up, even though there was like, welcome to the Airstream little note. Like it was just weird. So then we come back after the music festival um, the first night and we lay down in this like bed, this kind of ratchet bed. And all of a sudden I start hearing these scratches on like <laughs> the top of the Airstream and below. And I like turn around and I'm like, do you hear that? Do you hear that? Is there an animal that is in the Airstream or whatever? Long story short, we didn't get any sleep like of the three nights. And on the third night, the animal got into the Airstream. <laughs> and we were like berated by this like rodent or like whatever it was. Did that you got see in. it? We didn't see it because we closed the door to the area where it got in. And so it was like three in the morning. It was pitch black. Like there's no lights, right? We're in the middle of the forest. And all we could hear was this rodent scratching at the bathroom door. And we like stuffed Ew. the, I know. <laughs> and we like stuffed the crack with blankets and like pillows so it wouldn't come through the crack in the bottom. Oh, and it was like jumping on the walls and like boom, 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 boom. It was, <laughs> and it, was <laughs> it was actually quite tragic. And I didn't sleep at all because I was like, are we going to have to deal with an animal? coming in like what are we gonna do what if it's like rabbit i don't know so we left how at, did it get in i think it chewed it, it either like chewed through the screen of a window or it like got in through the pipes because i think it came through the toilet which was not not being in use it was like retired right so it wasn't connected but i think it came through the pipes because i heard it come out of the toilet and then fall and then it started and i was like Oh my god. So it was overall oh my god. The, I was so bad. Yeah. The the festival was great and it was a fun weekend, but oh. <laughs> no for me, dog. Yeah, it was so gross. It was Who performed so at the festival? The headliners were um Hank Williams Jr., Camp, and Zach Bryan. Zach Bryan was so good. Were any of those people the ones we saw at Stagecoach? 
I don't really know that kind of like country. That's like genre country. Yeah. Yes, you would recognize Ryan Bingham. He was at Stagecoach. Who did we go oh. see that you guys are really excited about? Oh, Tyler Childers. He was in yes. There. Oh, yeah. Um, he was there like a few years ago. Uh, there was L King. L King was oh, there. Oh, I love L King. I've seen yeah. him three times now. I thought of you. I was like, oh, Megan would love this. Um, and then a couple other really good female performers. So I was really impressed. Coulter Wall. Do you know him? No. Yeah. I mean, it definitely was a different genre of country. Mm -hmm. um, what about the Morgan Wallen concert? Do you want to talk about that now or later? <laughs> no, we can talk about it now. Okay. So I bought these Morgan Wallen tickets probably over a year ago. I don't, I, it's been a really long time. And I remember mm -hmm. because I was at a going away dinner for a PhD student in our like joint lab. And we were all at this like really famous Mexican restaurant here in town. And I was like, I'm so sorry to be on my phone, you guys, but I have to get these tickets. Yeah. And I had no recollection to what I paid for them because it was so long ago. Yeah. And it's been on the calendar since then. I've been so excited, but like work is like at a thousand. So I was like super stressed out mm -hmm. about going really wasn't like excited at all. Like didn't care. Arizona, as is the rest of the country, has been having the most awful heat wave. And so Phoenix has been on this train of setting this like all time record for hottest days in a row. So it's been like at least 110 degrees. Mm. The day I went, it was 117. No. And so I, I drive up to Phoenix. Of course, I take I 10, which there's always accidents. I'm like parked on the freeway. My car temperature is like at 121. Oh my God. Which is, I mean, it's fine because I have air conditioning in my car, but like, I was like, if my car breaks down, if my tire blows, like yeah. I'm dead. Like there's yeah. no way you're going to survive that. So I make it up to Phoenix. We get ready. We decide that because the concert starts at 5.30 in the afternoon at Chase Field, the Diamondbacks Stadium, you mm -hmm. know, Morgan Wallen only performs in baseball stadiums. We're going to drive into downtown, get dinner, and then go to the concert. Yeah. In hindsight, terrible idea. Oh, so my God. Why? We we pull in at, like, 4 p.m. where it's the hottest time of day. So it's raging 117 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. Great. And we come out, and we step out of the parking lot, and I make it maybe a block. And like your my skin felt like it was being like seared off my body like oh. the sun just like hurts yeah and so yeah we make it like five steps and my cousin starts to get these nasty blisters because it's so hot we're like profusely sweating in our boots oh my god and it's like i mean i've been outside for like a minute and like it's the sweat is pouring down my face yeah. and i have makeup on so i'm like wiping it out of my eyes, like just trying to be positive. And we go to a restaurant, the wait is like five hours for like anywhere around there. And so then we were like, okay, we're just gonna go into the arena because it's there's air conditioning in there. Okay. And so we like walk around and the line to get in the stadium is probably like half a mile long. 
And we were like, there's no way we can stand outside and wait. No shot. So we end up like walking like halfway around the stadium where like the entrance is covered. Mm. Um, Cause there's like a restaurant that sits on the outside and then it's like covered to get in because like you can, there's like a big like outdoor bar patio thing. So we walk in that way and we go through the doors and we get this like blast of cold air, like cold oh, and cold yeah, right. air. It's probably 80 degrees. Yeah. And no. Yeah. So inside the arena, it was probably like still like a hundred degrees, maybe like oh 102. Oh my gosh. And like the sweat just like pouring out of my body is like ridiculous. So all in all, the concert was amazing. Morgan okay. Wallen was fantastic. So it was Bailey Zimmerman, Ernest, oh. Hardy, and then Morgan Wallen. But wow. Bailey Zimmerman started at 5.30. Morgan Wallen went on at 9.30. So like every person would go on and then there'd be like 45 minute to hour long like gaps between people where you're just sitting there waiting like with the lights oh. on. And like for anyone that hasn't been in Chase Field, it's technically like an indoor outdoor arena. So the roof is retractable. So it's not mm -hmm. actually like insulated. So I think they have the air on, but it was still really hot. Yeah. And, like, people were like vomiting, passing out, like left and right. Like everyone's obviously drinking. It's country concert. Right. Like right. no one is sane. Water is still $7. Of course. For a bottle. I kept of going course. to the Chick-fil-A stand and asking them for cups of ice. To just mm -hmm. like have in my mouth the whole time, which made me feel so much better. But we leave the arena. It's still like 104 degrees outside. Oh, at night. it's like midnight at this point. And then the next morning I drive back, go to work, whatever. I'm reading the news and it was the hottest night that Phoenix had had. Mm -hmm. It didn't drop below 97 since mm -hmm. like the 1890s. No shot. So then the next night, there was a second yeah. concert. And of course, like on TikTok, social media, everyone's like, don't wear boots, bring water, hydrate. If you're in the yeah. pit, like be careful. And Morgan Wallen comes on stage in shorts for the first time ever. And he's oh, really? like literally on stage talking. He was like, it was so hot in here last night. And he was like, I don't know what they did, but it feels different, but I wore shorts. And then yeah. everyone we talked to who went the second night was like, no, it was so comfortable in there. Oh. Air so now there's this big rumor that they didn't turn the air conditioning on the first night, which is not true. There was definitely air conditioning on, but it was cooling from like 117 plus 60,000 people. Right, right. To like maybe like 98. So that is brutal like brutal is really going through right now but like don't go to country concerts or any concert in the summer unless it's in like footprint center which is like conditioned your air conditioned year round um yeah it was miserable what is the t like i'm curious for diamondback games during the season when it's like exceptionally hot like this do you think the turnout is lower or do people still like show up and rally no people still show up Okay. I mean, it's not like, like if you're outside in the sun, you're going to die very quickly. If you're oh my you know, without water or any like kind yeah, of coolant, yeah. but like inside it's maybe in the high nineties to a hundred. 
And it's like hot, you're sweating, but like you also have access to water and food and shade, hopefully. Like you're fine. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, the roof's closed. Yeah. Wow, that is gnarly. But I hope it was still, he, it sounded like he still had a good performance. Oh, he was fantastic. Oh, I want to see him. Yeah, Yeah, he's definitely on my list. And then they released merch like after the fact. So Uh what they did was they took a bunch of photos from the night, picked a selection of them, put them up on this merch website where you could pick your photo and then you could customize your merch. So all of my merch has pictures of Morgan Wallen from the night of our concert in a Diamondbacks jersey. No way. Yeah. That's sick. Yeah, so it'll come in a few days. I'm really excited. What did you get? Like a sweatshirt? What'd you get? I got a t-shirt and a hoodie. That's so sick. They should do that for every performer. That's a great I idea. I know. By the way, and this like just reminds me in terms of merch. I don't know if you saw this, but okay, for everyone listening, Mayfair, the brand, the clothing brand, oh, yeah. is is a brand that Megan and I really liked in college, and I still kind of follow it. They just did a collaboration, like a vintage collaboration with um, Adidas and like some other like big brands. And I saw some of the merch that they recently dropped, but their sweatshirts are going for like $120. No way. Honestly, I was thinking about getting you one. Like, woo, PhD store. I might sell. I might sell. But oh my God. (laughs) When it's not $120. But I'm saying like, you should look at it. They're super cute. They're extremely expensive. Yeah. All right. Do you want to get into what's happened in the last couple of weeks? Sure. Let's do it. So uh, just to like kind of preface episode nine here, where we left off a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about uh, a lot of MLB, um, the all-star game, the home run derby. We're kind of going to transition here to a recap of a lot of different sports. So WNBA, tennis, um, F1. So actually this morning, the Hungarian GP happened. And I know, Megan, you caught the beginning of it. But uh, Max Verstappen got the win. Are we surprised there? Got the win. Um, No, not at all. It was a little treacherous at the beginning because um, yesterday in qualifying, Lewis Hamilton actually took pole position, Mm. um, which was crazy. Like, no one ever beats Max Verstappen. But Red Bull came to the Hungarian GP with new upgrades. So could have been like a little fluke of the upgrades. Just could have been good luck on um, Lewis Hamilton's um, side of things. He took pole position by like... I mean, like a thousandth of a second. Uh. Um, but with Max Verstappen's win today, um, Red Bull has surpassed McLaren for the longest win streak in wow. Formula One history. Mm-hmm. So everyone was trying to beat Red Bull, and Red Bull has now done it. And wow. I don't foresee them stopping anytime soon. So I feel like yeah. this this win streak's just kind of get blown out of the water. But um Lando Norris also um, got second place, I believe. And Sergio Perez, who has really been struggling um, as the second driver for Red Bull, um, Mm. came in third. So nice to see him come in third. We always want him to do well. Um, He is setting himself up to lose his seat um, during the kind of crazy switch of all the drivers that's going to come up towards the end of the season. Mm. But... 
good GP. Nice to see it. Um, I didn't actually catch the end this morning, but that's okay because I watched it late and it all got spoiled on social media anyways. Yeah, of course. Right. That sounds awesome. Do you know when yeah. the next race is next weekend? Next weekend. They're in okay. Belgium. Okay, cool. Um, so kind of moving through our quick checklist here of recap, um, in terms of the PGA, so golf, the Open Championship, also known as Royal Liverpool, has happened, has completed. It's going on right now. It's going on right now. Okay. And for everyone so listening- probably ends today. We're recording on Sunday, the 23rd, I think. Um, I'm losing track of the dates. Yeah, it's the 23rd. It's perfect. <laughs> um, so Brian Harmon, who is an American, he's leading 12 under, um, probably as of this morning. And then John Rahm, who's seven under, he shot a 63 yesterday. Um, yeah, so I'm not sure actually what day this was, but he shot one of the lowest rounds at this um, Royal Liverpool course um, mm. in history. So he's he's at seven under right now, so he's obviously not really close to winning. Um, right. You never know what's going to happen in golf as time goes on. But um, it was really cool to see him kind of – he was over par mm -hmm. and – with his 63, got himself back up onto the top leaderboard. So really nice. That's cool. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we also have uh, wedding bells this weekend. Oh yeah. Um, usually we don't get two in one weekend, but we did. So um, Joel and Bede got married to Sports Illustrated Model. Um, and I hope I'm pronouncing her name right, but Anne DePaula. So um, They've been dating since 2018, and together they have their son, Arthur, who was born in 2020. Mm. Um, and then also in the basketball world, Trey Young, who I think is only 24 years old. Yeah, I think he's young. Terrifying. Yeah. Um, so from the Atlanta Hawks, married his fiance Shelby Miller. Um, she is 27 years old and they have been dating since college. So they met at Oklahoma. Miller mm -hmm. was a cheerleader. Um, and they have a son together as well. Who was born in 2022. Cute NBA weddings. I know. So sweet. The it's still crazy that he's 24 and getting married though. Like, first oh, I, I was like, oh, like Joel Embiid is really young too. I'm like, I think he's 29, but. I was like, these people are right. It's interesting. It's like an interesting dynamic, I feel like, with professional athletes because I feel like it's either you're young, you're just playing, you're minding your own business, you like aren't really in a relationship. Um, and then once you kind of mature in your like athletic development as a professional, you start to like settle down a little bit more. Like I feel like MLB players, it's kind of like that. Um, but I guess Trey they have been dating for a while, so it makes sense. But 24 seems young now. I guess that wasn't young historically, but it does seem super young now. I'm going to be 25 soon. That is young. That 25, though? Don't. You. 25. That's next on the, that's the next one up. I'm not looking forward to that, truly. It's okay. Um... To, to not jump around too much here, kind of staying on professional basketball. So 
For those of you who follow the WNBA, the All-Star Game was last weekend, meaning weekend of the 15th of July. And how they set it up was actually uh, two teams that were led by team captains, Team Stewart and Team Wilson. So as in Brianna Stewart and Aja Wilson. Um, Stewart's team ended up winning 143 to 127. And I didn't watch it. I was obviously a high scoring. That's what I thought. That's what I thought too. Um, When I saw that, I was like, dang, like on the offensive, I guess. Um, Yeah. Unfortunately I was obviously in Montana, so I didn't get to see it, but Jewel Lloyd, who's um, from Seattle, She's a guard, and she had an all-time All-Star Game points record with 31 points, and she was named MVP of the game. So she was on Team Stewart, led him to the win. Um, I heard it was super fun to watch, so it's cool to cool to see them battle it out. Did you see that Sabrina absolutely like dominated the three-pointer? Challenge? Yes, I did. That was yeah. crazy. She's so talented. So talented. Yeah. Um, And then last thing before we kind of get into the meat of today's episode, the Tour de France ends today in Paris for you cycling fans. Yeah. Okay, so what do we have here in terms of big events that have kind of just completed recently? All right, so the biggest one um, and probably most exciting that's happened in the past couple weeks was Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you haven't heard what happened at Wimbledon, you perhaps are living under a rock. Um, but Carlos Alcaraz, he is 20 years old, um, pulled off a championship win against Novak Djokovic in the finals. And I was about to leave the house. My mom was screaming at the television <laughs> all morning and like I had goosebumps like all over my body. Like people do not beat Djokovic. Like he is the guy. Unbeatable. Yeah. And to see a 20 year old do it was crazy. Um, and some people were like a little shocked about it. Um, obviously like I didn't feel super shocked. Um, Carlos is one of the top players in the world. It's not like he came out of nowhere. Right. Um, he's really, really dominant. Um, and people said, like, if anyone could do it, he could do it. And he did. So. Yeah. And he's, what is he, like, 20 years old? He's so young. He's so yeah. young. And so he's a, he's a Spanish player. He won the U.S. Open last year and, like, kind of started to, like, really prove himself on a global stage. And then this was kind of the cherry on top. Um, and I... I don't have the exact statistic in my brain, but I did see something that was like in the last couple decades, there's only been four people to win Wimbledon. And let's Carlos check, was let's check it out. Carlos was the first new like winner of these like legacy players. So I thought that was really cool. Okay. Um, 2023 was Alcaraz, 2022, Novak, he won in 2022, 21, 2020, the event was canceled, Mm -hmm. um, 1918. And then before that, you see the reign of Roger Federer. Mm -hmm. So he won in 17, um, 
Andy Murray won in 16, Djokovic also won in 15 and 14. Um, and then also a big name, Rafael Nadal won in 2010. But yeah, you're right. It's just like very dominant performances by specific people. Um, and the runners up are all across the board. Oh, um, really? Yeah, so our runners up um, this year was Djokovic. Um, 2022 was Nick. I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Yeah. yeah. 2021 was Matteo Berrettini, who is so beautiful. <laughs> Wait, is he the Italian? Can you guy? Google? Yes, Google a picture. Okay. Just if you watch the Netflix tennis documentary um, mm -hmm. that they've done, it is. It makes you like really into tennis. It's it's really well done. He turned pro in 2015. He's Italian, ranked 32. You know, why is tennis such a European sport? Um, I've always kind of wondered. I mean, it's, I'm sure it originated probably. Um, and I actually want to talk about Spain's history with tennis in a little bit, but I thought like it's very um, European dominated. It's typically an English sport. Yeah, I mean, it says it started in England and France, so probably just a result of the origin, but also one of the oldest sports in the world. Mm hmm When I was kind of looking into Carlos and, like, his win and kind of, like, you know, how he's been on the come up recently to get to number one in the last couple years, uh, I came upon this NPR article that was mm -hmm. super interesting. And it was about how Spain has this like pipeline of professional tennis players or just like talent, mm -hmm. um, mainly pointing to Carlos and um, Rafael Nadal. Uh, in more recent years, Alvarez and Nadal, but um, they kind of said how Spain has kind of like this convergence of positive factors for tennis training being like the climate, the existing infrastructure, um, obviously the game's really entrenched in European culture, especially Spanish culture. So there's a lot of like training resources and it's led to this like 21st century pipeline of Spanish players. And what I found really interesting was that there was this building boom of tennis courts in the 1970s. So mm -hmm. this article cited that Spain built more than a thousand tennis clubs um, in the 1970s, and they were all clay courts, which is not typical. Um, and so for the past like 50, 60 years, Spanish tennis players have grown up playing on these clay courts, which is like kind of, I guess, like a harder type of surface to move in. It slows the players down. Um, it's a different pace of play. So it, kind of came off as an advantage for training because they're training on like a different surface, slower. So when they actually do get to like, I don't know, maybe they build them out of concrete. I'm not really sure what traditional tennis courts are made of. Um, they're able to like have better endurance, quicker movements. Uh, and I thought that was like a really unique history point given mm -hmm. that like Carlos is from Spain. He probably like has seen a lot of the best trainers there. Um, but like, Definitely, like, an, an entrenched type of history yeah, of tennis. Absolutely. 
I know sometimes they play on like a court court, you know, that you typically think of what a court is made out of. Oh, like a um, like a basketball court that you put in your backyard sort of thing? Yeah, like concrete, but yeah, not. I don't know what it is. Yeah, I think. Um, I mean. And then Wimbledon is actually played on grass. They they talk about the dominance of different players based on the um, type of court that they're playing on. But mm. Wimbledon was really grown around this like very royal idea of like this very posh tennis tournament played on grass as in like tennis in the royal garden kind of concept mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so i know we talked about it a couple weeks ago but like there's a dress code and it's very you know kate princess kate or queen i don't know what she is yeah princess kate um middleton was there uh, with the kids and like every celebrity known to mankind so i saw Le i saw lebron like this Oh yeah, recording <laughs> the videos. Yeah, um, but yeah, I'm really happy to hear Carlos getting that win. I feel like maybe that leads to like the next generation of tennis greatness. Absolutely. All right. On the flip side, um, coming back to the United States, um, the Washington Commanders are NFL. going through a big turnover right now. So the NFL has approved the sale of the Washington Commanders for $6.05 billion. Mm -hmm. um, and the new franchise is going to be led by Josh Harris. Am I right? That's right. Yeah. He's a, he's a billionaire himself. Um, he is part owner and invest like a global investment firm called Apollo. Uh, they have a private equity division. They're a huge asset management firm. Uh, so I think he has definitely a track record of investment in general, but he also is heavily invested in the sports industry. So he is majority owner of the Philly 76ers, uh, the NBA team, and then co-owns the New Jersey Devils, which is NHL. And apparently now he's broadening his horizons and going into the NFL with the commanders. So um I guess not really a surprise sale. This was kind of in the works for a few months, but there's been concerns with the franchise internally and like how they were going to work things out. Um, one really cool thing is that the new ownership group includes uh, Magic Johnson, uh, who we all know and love, right? Um, and, you know, one of a couple of the articles pointed out that this is also a really great reputation for black ownership of sports teams. I remember Megan, you mentioned with the Hornets, uh, Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan's ownership. And, you know, it's not something we see typically, unfortunately, and it's something that needs to change. And so I think Magic Johnson really having his foot here is awesome. And, um, also, part of the group is one of Josh Harris's another billionaire friend, uh, Mitch Rails, and they've known each other forever. So I guess they were kind of just in on the deal. Um, this this comes on the back of quite a bit of controversy with the previous owner, right? Right. Do you know about Dan Snyder? Not a ton. Obviously, the name is familiar, but yeah. Um, 
sometimes when you read articles like this, it's like so unshocking. You just kind of go right by it. It's, yeah, it's not surprising. This has actually been something that the commanders have been dealing with um, before they were renamed and rebranded. So it's been several years now. Dan Snyder has been accused and actually convicted of sexual, sexual harassment in the workplace among um, a lot of financial issues. So um, like you said, Megan, on the back of this huge sale, there's been an NFL fine uh, for you know, Dan Snyder, Snyder's misconduct for $60 million, I believe. Um, Dan and his wife have owned the commander since 1999 and they purchased it at somewhere around like 750, 700 million, um, but have not been very successful. Uh, the originally the Redskins and now the commanders only made it to the playoffs six times in the 24 seasons of ownership. So uh, didn't have a lot of success. I guess the high value of sale is driven by what Josh Harris might be able to do with it. But um, now Dan Snyder is out $60 million because of his stupid decisions. Um, the investigation on him was led by the SEC originally for like the financial misconduct, but mm. There's been a lot of sexual harassment claims against him, and I was actually listening to um, a recent video on it, and the woman who brought, ultimately, who brought it forward and is getting the the case um, completed is, I guess, they were in, like, some sort of club party at the field, and Dan had, like, come on to her, and, like, put his hand on her leg during this like event or whatever it was like really just inappropriate. And then they were seen like, she was trying to like walk to her car in the parking lot. And like, he was seen like kind of following her and like pressing her and whatever. Like, I think it was just like a really inappropriate situation. And I don't think this is the first time that's happened. So um, hopefully the commanders can get turned around quickly with a better culture. Um, I know that the, market like the dmv market um maryland delaware dc whatever uh is strong and i don't know i'd like to see them come out of it i'm glad dan snyder's out though and also i don't know what dan snyder's wife thinks but what a mess yeah absolutely um staying on the the nfl side of things i ended up finishing this week quarterback on netflix mm-hmm um, so it's produced by Peyton Manning, and it follows oh. Kirk Cousins of the Vikings, um, Marcus Mariota, um, formerly the quarterback of Atlanta, and then uh, Patrick Mahomes, obviously, of the Chiefs. And they kind of sequentially do each episode in, like, a timeline. So from the beginning of the season – to Patrick Mahomes winning the 2022-2023 Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, and it got renewed for a second season. So I don't know if we'll see the same quarterbacks or we'll see new stories. But, you know, every time they do, Netflix does a story like this, like behind the scenes of the sports industry, it just makes mm -hmm. it so much more interesting to then go watch the games and to like mm -hmm. know 
what's happening on the field or like the drama behind it. Yeah. Um, just makes it so much better. So, I mean, they have quarterback, they have the one on tennis, they have the one on golf, um, obviously drive to survive for formula one. They have one on the tour de France. Oh, wow. Um, so if you guys are up for watching them, highly recommend them all. I clicked on the quarterback one and I was like looking through the episodes and at first I was confused because I was like, are they going consequentially through the quarterbacks? Do they jump around each episode between them? Like how, are, how is it done? Is it like one quarterback per episode or? No, they jump around. So it's like in time, like basically in a timeline from like beginning to end of season. And then it's like each quarterback. So they, they kind of introduce them. They talk about, um, like expectations of the seasons, how these players got there on um, their wives are in it. So how they met their wives, kind of their family dynamics, um, their personalities. Kirk Cousins is so funny. Um, yeah. and then Marcus Mariota, obviously during the season got removed from being a quarterback and mm. he left the team to get surgery and is now, um, the backup quarterback this season for he was on the titans right no so last season in 2015 he was on the tennessee titans um in 2020 he was on the las vegas raiders in 2022, mm -hmm. he was on the Atlanta Falcons, which this season follows him uh, as a part of the Falcons. And now he's the second quarterback to the Eagles. Mm. Got it. Behind um, Alabama. Jalen Hurts. Mm -hmm. So he leaves and then Kirk Cousins, it continues to follow Kirk. Um, in his story, kind of side by side with Patrick Mahomes until um, the Vikings lose. And then the rest of the season is just about Patrick Mahomes, um, his wife. He's the birth of his second kid during the season. Mm -hmm. um, he has his ankle injury during this documentary series. Um, he plays um, Joe Burrow. Um obviously towards the end. So they talk about like the rivalry between Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes um, and yeah. their, their respect for each other too as quarterbacks and ends with the Chiefs Super Bowl win. So yeah, that's definitely one that I want to check out. Um, and I want to watch the golf one. I've started the golf one three times now and I just haven't, I either get distracted or I just haven't gone through with it. So I want to watch the golf one too. The golf um, one is really good. That's what i dated i guess now. now um i know the tennis one had like a first part of the season then the second part of the season that came out so technically there's only one season out but mm. it's split into two so i haven't watched the second half of it which is on my list of things to do but it really like you get to know a bunch of different players um and then when you see them actually go out there and like play and you know their history and like yeah the drama and who their coach is and all that stuff. Um, it just makes watching them play their matches like way more interesting. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. By the way, I noticed when you were using your hands, I love your nails. 
Oh, good <laughs> color. Are those press on or you did yourself? I did the dip myself. Um, this fingernail fell off two weeks ago and they are, have grown out so much. Like, I don't know if you see this, but like all of them are yeah. coming off. Yeah. And like my hair keeps getting stuck in them. Oh. So I'm after this, I'm going to eat lunch and then redo them. I like the color though. I, I feel like it's a very like mature color. It like, is a like mature a color. color. It's like a, no, it's like a professional woman color, not a mom color. No, I, I, th I call it my mom color. <laughs> my mom, funny enough, my mom, when I was younger, she said like getting red nails is only for like grown up women. Really? So, yeah. I would never was really allowed to get red nails. Isn't that funny? That's, I did it right before the 4th of July. Mm, that so makes that's sense. how long they've that's been fitting. on. Wow. That's impressive. And those are my real nails. That's how long they are. A little <laughs> nail tech, Megan. Go to Megan for your nail needs. <laughs> um, okay. So turning here to something that's been really exciting is the FIFA Women's World Cup. I know we don't talk about soccer too much, but we have waited so long for this. <laughs> <laughs> Truly. Um, the excitement around the Women's World Cup this year is kind of unmatched um so i'll just I'll, I'll give a little recap of what's happened so far kind of how the tournament's working mm -hmm. um but the united states women's national team is obviously one of the most dominant women's soccer teams football teams in the world mm -hmm. so they are looking to win another world cup championship they are the current title holders they won in 2019 Mm -hmm. um on friday night i did get to tune into this game yeah um a little distracted by the monsoon that absolutely swept through tucson right when this game started but um they won three zero over vietnam which mm -hmm. good win um really bizarre kind of lineups trying to figure out who the best players are who's working well together there's a ton of new rookies um the age range is like 18 to 38 um it's wow. megan rapino's last world cup yeah yeah so everyone is really excited to see her play um we had a number of opportunities to score we only made three of those goals um alex morgan didn't make a penalty kick it was blocked by vietnam um so every i mean everyone came in thinking we were gonna win like 13 to zero like we have in the past and we didn't which was kind of bizarre but mm -hmm. um it averaged 5.2 million viewers throughout the night which wow. is the second most viewed group stage game in the women's world cup and i'll explain wow. what the group stage is in a minute but it is the second most viewed game at this stage second to an old um usa women's national team game so People are tuning in. Um, one of the That's biggest great. standouts this year is Sophia Smith. I believe she's 22 years old. Um, and she scored two of our three goals in her World wow. Cup debut. Wow. So she absolutely crushed it. Um, yeah. She is an amazing player. Um, but this year, the tournament is taking place in Australia and New Zealand. So they're co-hosting the tournament so um 
the FIFA, I don't know what you call it, like federation. Yeah. Um, increased the number of teams. So we started last World Cup at 24 teams, which was, you know, the most teams they had seen at that point. This year it's 32. So the newest countries this year are the Philippines, Ireland, um, Zambia. Did I pronounce that right? Zambia, yeah. Haiti, Vietnam, Portugal, Panama, and Morocco. Those are all new? All new. And none of those teams that have played so far have won, but they have come out and made an impact against the teams that they're playing. So um, I forget who it was, but they came out and played England, a really dominant team, kind of held them down um, to a low scoring scoring match. Um, And obviously um, Vietnam came out against us and really just, I think we had control of the ball. I think the statistic was 66% of the time. So they didn't control possession of the ball quite often, but, um, we had like seven chances for a goal or something and we made three of them. So they really did a great job. Um, how it works is all the teams come in into a group stage and it's eight groups okay of four teams and each team plays everyone in their pool so got it the us will have three matches against the other three teams in our pool Mm -hmm. and then the top two seeds from those matches move on to the round of 16 which will Mm. begin the knockout phase so you are allowed to tie in group stage they don't um do pks or anything like extra time for a draw um, it just gets factored into where you rank okay. at the end of your group stage play. And then once you reach the round of 16, it is head-to-head knockouts. So okay, this will be going on for a while, but I highly recommend everyone tune in. Go check out the roster. There's like the most incredible female athletes you've ever heard of in your life on this women's national team. Um really exciting do how do you get rankings out of the group stage is it like based on goals is it like a point system it starts it starts by like win loss then it moves to how much you won or lost by okay um and then if you keep like if teams are still matched up at that point it goes down to like um shoot i forget exactly what it is but like they move there's like a ranking of statistics Mm. that you move on by depending on what they are so it's not just like bilateral there's like a whole thing that goes into it to get to the 16 so then is the 16 round like a one versus a 16 and then a two versus a 15 sort of deal or is it um it's it's not necessarily ranked i don't think um you do have to qualify for the fifa world cup and and Mm. tournaments coming into it so Mm -hmm. i think you do have like technically a ranking coming in but the the matches are preset so like before the tournament starts they say like winner of group a will play winner of group f 
Got it. Got and it. Then, got it. Okay. Like whoever's like one or two, like the US could come out number two. Yeah. And they'd play someone different than if they played if they came out like number one. Got it. But it's all like determined beforehand. Okay, that makes sense. Speaking of soccer in the US, we all know that Messi has gone to Inter Miami to play in his um older days of professional soccer. But, and this is something I was actually talking to someone about recently. It's funny because the best players abroad, once they start to like reach their like maturity in their sport, for soccer especially, they come to the US. Mm -hmm. And the level of play in the US is like comparable to like, like they're still the best player in their Mm -hmm. like older days in the US than they were still killing it abroad. Um, like Messi was in Barcelona, um, but they're like taking it easy stage is coming to the U.S. to play. I just think it's really funny. But um, he ended up winning the game for Inter Miami off a penalty kick in the last three additional minutes, which I saw was insane. Yeah, um, a star-studded game. Right? I, he gave, and I'm sure you know this, he gave a signed jersey to Kim Kardashian's son. Yeah, who is a huge <laughs> soccer fan. That's was, so like, cute. Freaking out. Yeah. Yeah, that's super cute. Um, but I'm sure that's not the last time we'll be seeing Messi carry Inter Miami. So I actually have one of the girls I played volleyball with at UCLA is dating the goalkeeper for Inter Miami. So she was like at the game and like her boyfriend, Kyra. I'm forgetting her last Wait, name. I want to look this up. Yeah. Do you follow her? Yeah, she was a middle at UCLA. K-Y-O-R-A. Yeah, I think they're engaged, actually. So her fiance. Kyra Wyman, Kyra Aaliyah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that one. Ooh, she's a lot of followers. I think she's a full-time influencer. Oh, I know. They're engaged. Yeah, they've been dating since high school. Oh, yeah, it's cute. Super cute. Wait, is she a model? She should be a model. She should be a model. She does model. I think she models for a swimsuit brand. That's crazy. I know. Nine There's... years with my best friend. Yeah. A decade. That's crazy. Okay. I think that about wraps up our recap um, slash dialogue about recent big events uh but we have a fun little q a session i love doing these um megan what do we what kind of questions we have today all right in honor of the barbie movie coming out um if you had to pick a perfect ken who's a professional athlete who would you pick um if I'm just going off of like blonde, blue eyes type person, I would either say Myers Leonard, who's in the NBA. He's like tall, blonde, blue eyes. Um, he kind of looks like a doll. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. Right? Right? Um, I was trying to think of NFL because I know we talked about this earlier. Uh, Joe Burrow? I'm sure that's the answer. Joe Burrow should become 
a Barbie doll. You know how they make Barbie dolls out of celebrities? Yeah. Like a football Barbie doll? NFL rookie Barbie doll? Yeah, no, I could see it. I could see it. And everyone loves him. He would be quite the Ken. Um, okay. This was inspired by um, football season coming up. But what sport or big sporting event, anything to do with sports, are you most excited for coming up in the future? Honestly, I think you know my answer. I feel like you do. I feel like it's the same answer that you have. College football. <laughs> yeah. Well, Is that your answer? I shall continue my dilemma of now that I am currently enrolled as a student at the University of Arizona. Yeah. Um, I'm not excited for U of A football. No. I'm excited for mm -hmm. U of A basketball, as always. Yeah. But if you go to a school, I feel like I have to root for that school, even though UCLA football will be better. Yeah. Just by definition. Um so I'm excited to do I'm excited for the tailgates. I'm excited to go to the games, but I don't think it's gonna be like a very exciting season. Um yeah. on the NFL side, I've never really cared too much about the NFL. Mm -hmm. Um obviously uh as a former um neuroscience major, I have a little issue with people banging their heads around. Mm-hmm. And everything that comes with that. So football's never been my favorite sport, but mm -hmm. watching this like quarterback documentary has made me more excited for the upcoming season. Good. Yeah. The NFL, I feel like it goes college football, I'm most excited about, then probably NFL once they like really get into it. Um my brother is playing his first college football season, so I'm really excited. Yeah. Go go Fresno State Bulldogs. Um I I don't I don't know like how the lineups are gonna end up. He's a freshman, so uh hopefully he gets to travel and I get to like see him at some point uh out there dressed on the field. But is your yeah. family gonna get like matching t shirts that say Jacobs on the back? They should. I know that they have they have all the Fresno State gear already, of course. Really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh. They're like, oh, the, our dogs have a collar that says Fresno State Bulldogs. I know. <laughs> it's so cute. Did I'm the, so excited for it. Did the Michigan collar get taken off and the Fresno State get put on? Or? I think it did. <laughs> no, I see you remember. I think they switched them out, which is fair. Jack is, you know, in his prime now, but uh, yeah, that's probably another reason I'm biased towards college football. Well, send uh, me a t-shirt when you guys make them and I'll I wear will. it. I will. So last question here, Megan, what is your worst experience at a sporting event? Um, <laughs> one definitely comes to mind. If you guys know me, you know what it is, but I don't feel like I should say it on here. Um, I feel like I'm going to be in trouble if I do that. My worst experience at a sporting event. I don't know. I don't think I've ever had like a bad time going to a professional game or collegiate game. 
Has there ever been a bad tailgate? Maybe. No, because I didn't really drink in college. And then yeah. sophomore, junior, senior year, I worked for the football team, so I didn't go to tailgates. Mm. That's good, then. Sometimes the student body at UCLA was annoying. Um, oh, I know. Loading them onto buses, that was probably the worst job. That's terrible. You had that job? Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know, um, the Rose Bowl is nowhere near UCLA. And with LA traffic, it takes about two hours by bus to get there. So the mm -hmm. school charters buses that leave from, like, the dorm village. And mm -hmm. as part of my job, if you weren't working the game, like, if I needed to stay home and study, I would work the buses for, like, a couple hours mm -hmm. and then go home rather than go to the game. So, um, it was fine, except for, like, certain people would come up and, like, couples would come up and, like, I have to sit next to them. Yeah. Like, I have yeah. to sit next to my partner. Like, no, you don't. <laughs> Relax. Everyone's <laughs> drunk anyway. You'll survive. We used to, uh, we had to confiscate a lot of things as well, obviously. Mm. Um, they can't be underage drinking on a bus t to the Rose Bowl, but right. Um, I don't really remember anyone being that like belligerent or like that rude. Um, that's good. If anything, we were the rude ones cause we didn't want to be there, but I feel like you only make the mistake once of drinking before you get on that bus, drinking too much taking the hot sweaty disgusting chartered bus to the rose bowl in pasadena and then getting to the tailgate and being absolutely just like exhausted and then tailgating another three hours not even going into the game like you only make no. that mistake once yeah yeah that was a tough never that's a tough i've one. never made that mistake good smart waste of time instead i just got paid to go to the games which there you go win-win yeah. Except absolutely. then I did have to go to every game in my khaki pants. I'm sure you rocked it. Styling. Killer. Yeah. Um, okay, so this did you upcoming have, week. Sorry, go wait, ahead. Wait, did you have a worst experience at a sporting event? Oh. Um, no. I think. I think mine would probably be sometime in college, a long day tailgating or like a hot day or whatever. But I'm trying to think there's nothing like tragic that ever happened to me that I was like, oh, oh. psych. This isn't a worst experience. This isn't a worst experience because it was an amazing experience, but it was like actually terrible in one aspect. So the Michigan Ohio State game at the big house last year. Um, sorry, not last year. 2021 for two years oh my god yeah it was 2021 Jeez. yeah that's what i was so that's when i was at michigan getting my masters it was the first football game that was like snowing like it was cold and i got a really good seat in the student section next to a couple of my friends and it was an amazing game like michigan won whatever but my toes froze like <sighs> 
I couldn't feel my toes. And so when I tried to like, or even my ankles, like my whole, all of my feet in, I had like Timberland boots on, even with like two pairs of socks, like frozen cold. And so when Michigan won, everyone started behind me because I was like pretty close to the end, like goalposts. Everyone behind me started barreling down the bleacher stairs. And like the kids were like jumping over the, the, the wall, which is by the way, like eight feet tall to get onto the field. And so I'm like five rows back. So I'm like, I'm going to get, I can't feel my feet. Someone's going to trample me. Like I'm going to be trampled. It was actually really scary. So I'm doing my best to like literally like pull my legs over these bleachers to like get to the wall. And you, and when you get to the wall, you don't have time to think about jumping off because people are like pushing you from the back. It was really scary. And I couldn't feel my feet. So I'm like, I'm going to break my ankle when I land jumping eight feet. And what I ended up doing, I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm just going to like try to like protect myself. So I jumped and I like kind of like pulled myself over the wall, pushed off the wall with my feet to go a little bit forward. And I landed like front on my toes like this. And I just went straight to my knees. Cause I was like, I am not dealing with this. So I basically like fell off the wall and then like, just had to like keep running onto the field. It was, it was really scary. It was like not safe, <laughs> but that's probably best and worst experience. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. Uh, I survived. My feet were intact. I've never rushed a field or anything. I was surprised that I guess they couldn't stop it. Yeah, Everyone just kept have going. To go or get hurt. Yeah, it was scary. Um, okay, so what do we have this upcoming week, Megan? Um, so as we said before, the U.S. Women's National Team is playing in the Women's World Cup. So we play the Netherlands Wednesday night. Um, because these games are in the Southern Hemisphere in Australia and New Zealand, the times are kind of funky. So um, a lot of the games happen during our nighttime and their morning, mm. I believe. But also okay. some of them happen in the middle of the night. So <laughs> like at two o'clock in the morning. Um, okay. So record them or I'm sure in the United States they'll get played over at a normal time but just keep an mm -hmm. eye out for those games um follow along on social media um and get to know the players as well and like you asked at the beginning formula one is back for another gp in belgium so we'll probably see red bull's 13th consecutive win let's go uh and then like obviously we were both excited for college football is coming up and eventually MLB will get to the postseason, So we'll be talking about that as well. Um, <clears throat> that's all we have for today. Thanks for listening here on episode nine. Like always, feel free to follow us on socials, on wherever you get your podcasts, subscribe to us on YouTube. We really appreciate the support. Uh, and our next episode will be our 10th episode, which I think is a really mm -hmm. cool milestone um hopefully we have a few more things in the works we kind of want to start interviewing people so please uh you know stay as involved as you can and for all those um people who have supported us thank you very much yeah thank you guys and we'll see you next week bye y'all <laughs>